Resilient Solution Shortcast, Season 3, Episode 2, How to Grow as a Man of Faith, Part 2. If you're a guy listening to this, hang in there. These next 10 or 15 minutes could radically change your life. And if you're a lady, you might want to pay attention to this to kind of get an idea of where the men in your life are on their developmental curve. You know that there are several developmental stages for men. Last week, we talked about the first three. This week, we're going to talk about the lover stage, the king stage, and the sage stage. Where are you? Well, I'm an old dude, so I guess I'm kind of in that sagey part. But there's some really important mile markers you as a man need to deal with as you mature and grow. And the first of those is that of a lover. In today's session, we'll talk about these three. Plus, we'll also do a really quick review of last week's. This podcast is brought to you by johntherman.info. Our Covert Mercy is my counseling and coaching ministry. For more information, you can go to johntherman.info and check out the services I provide. Well, let's jump right in today. So glad you joined us. Well, hello, this is John Thurman in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I hope you're having an outstanding day. And thank you for joining me today for Season 3, Episode 2 of How to Grow as a Man of Faith, Part 2. Well, last week in Part 1, we talked about the early stages of development, and that's the young son, the beloved son. We talked about the cowboy stage, and we talked a little bit about how to avoid the uh, deprived dad disorder by being present with your kids. And then we talked about the warrior stage. A lot of guys love the warrior stage. So that's not all there is, though. There's more. And today we're going to review those and give you a little bit of insight on how to know where you are, but also how to expand your capacity as a man and grow in the fear, nurture, and admonition of the Lord. Because, guys, the Apostle Paul had it right. When I was a child, I spoke and acted like a child. But now that I'm an adult, I act like an adult. And today we'll give you some tips and tools that you can use to be a better man that loves God, loves himself, loves his spouse, and loves his kids if you're married. Let's jump right in. The first stage for the day is the lover stage. Now, this is not how to be a better lover in a 10-minute lesson, although it's part of it. The lover needs the warrior to be able to act decisively and to restrain his passions. The lover stage typically starts around 20 to 30 years of age, and it's really an awakening of the heart. This can manifest itself as love of poetry, nature, music, the world, the universe, and eventually even romance. The lover stage isn't just about romance and sex. It includes developing multiple layers of love for family, for yourself, for friends, and for God. Being sensual means being open to learning more about expanding your senses in all areas of life. It means tuning into touching, smelling, tasting, hearing, seeing, and feeling life. In other words, experiencing as many dimensions of life as you possibly can. And as you do this, you'll feel more alive and aware of your world. It's not just about sex, guys. It's about experiencing a lot broader perspective on life. The most important thing in the lover stage is for man to learn to love others with the same depth that he loves himself. And, you know, honestly, a lot of men struggle with self-love. And we're not talking about a narcissistic type of love, but a profound respect for being created in God's image, a profound respect for being a man who lives with intentionality and purpose. You see, in, in, in this task of becoming a lover, the most challenging task is, includes self-awareness, empathy, and emotional security. When we look at the world today, there are two extreme types of lovers. The first is the addicted lover, 
and the addicted lover is consumed by short-term pleasure at almost any cost. This person is a collector of experiences, women, and toys. The addicted lover resists structure and pursues pleasure. The scripture talks a lot about this person in the book of Proverbs, calls him a fool. The second type of lover, and this is important because I see some Christian men who are so fearful of the world, they shut themselves off. But that's the impotent lover. They live in a muted world. This man's world might be void of color and flavor. He probably feels plagued by depression or anxiety and feels flat on the inside. On the other hand, an impotent lover can also be a guy who disciples himself into excess. In some cases, men of faith can overdo this by going beyond a standard faith practice. He may burden himself with prudish rules and feel extreme shame about any pleasure at all. How can you increase your capacity as a lover? First, be more mindful. Instead of being caught up in the hustle and bustle of daily living, of searching and spending a lot of time on social media, slow down, smell the roses or coffee, spend less time on social media, and more time looking at people in the face. Here's, here's one other way to be mindful. A lot of guys eat in a hurry. So next time you're having a meal, eat it slowly. Enjoy the textures and flavors and make eating a spiritual experience by adding a prayer filled with gratitude for the Lord for the food you're consuming. If you want some biblical help in this, check out Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Number two, if you're married, find ways to share pleasure with your wife. Now, I'm only talking about sexual pleasure. When was the last time you enjoyed the presence of your wife's company just being with her? When was the last time you noted how she walks, moves her mouth when she's thinking? When was the last time you gave her a compliment with no thought of any reward? Also, let me say a brief word about sensual pleasure. If you're a married man, there are two things you can do to be a better lover to your wife. Number one, quit watching porn. Number two, learn how to help your wife experience sexual pleasure on her terms. For more information on this, read the Song of Solomon. Here are a couple of fun ideas for you guys. Number one, plan a surprise date. It doesn't have to be expensive or fancy, but avoid things like cafeterias and fast foods. A trip, a surprise trip to Mickey D's or Chick-fil-A will not be considered a date. Finally, occasionally write her a love note, a love letter, or a, or a poem. And number three, expand your brain's capacity. If you don't have a hobby, start one. Particularly if it involves artistic skills like painting, photography, drawing, or something that builds your craftsmanship like building something, putting something together. Also, spend more time out in nature. Or, here's an interesting one, begin the habit of being a lifelong learner. This might involve reading more books, listening to podcasts, taking some self-educational uh, courses like online and things like that. But don't forget the importance also of digging deeper into the Word of God and learning ways you can apply His truth to your life. The next stage is the king stage. This stage roughly runs from 40 to 60. The man is mature, centered, and decisive. He lives with integrity and purpose. He protects his realm and serves his community. The king stays is essential for men because it's the first time in their lives that they're genuinely in control of themselves and their environment. This stage is about responsibility and power, not dominance nor aggression. A man at this stage knows both who he is and whose he is. He is secure in his beliefs and centered on biblical principles. So when hard times come, he can dig into his own resilient spirit and the knowledge of God principles and stay the course. A man at this stage is also decisive, partially because of his victories and defeats. He's seasoned by life and has gained volumes of practical insight and wisdom. Also, a man at this stage lives a life of integrity. 
He's a man who lives a life that's dedicated to the Lord, his family, and community. I think men struggle with integrity because of what it could cost them if they were to live a life of integrity all the time. In my years of practice, I've worked with men who've done many things they've regretted and were very fearful of their wife's response. As a result, they sometimes live like double agents, feeling it easier to avoid truth than to roll it out and face the music. If this resonates with you, here's some things you can do to develop your integrity muscle. Number one, learn to be more open and vulnerable with people you trust. Secondly, be more comfortable with discomfort. Third, make repairs as needed. Apologize, make amends. The fourth and fifth step of AA is right on spot when it comes to step four. We've made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, we've admitted to God, ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Guys, as my friend Jack Allen says, if you make a mess, own the mess, confess the mess, and clean it up. Next, get some other guys in your life. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, if you're reading this and feel like a loser, let me remind you, if you're a believing man, there is more in you than you know. Jesus promises to be with us. You have the Holy Spirit in you, and there are men of faith who want to come alongside of you. Next, the king is a protector of the realm. So what does it mean to protect your realm? It means you have the God-given responsibility to physically, emotionally, and spiritually safeguard your home and your family. Your home is a haven from negative influences and a safe refuge. In your working space, it means doing what you can do to facilitate a productive, cooperative work environment. To protect others, you first of all must guard your heart and mind against things that could damage your body, your soul, and your psyche. Also, at this stage, a man should be, should be someone who's inspiring creativity and motivating others. My son-in-law is an excellent example of this. He's a combat veteran, former police officer, an entrepreneur, and the father of two boys. He was a great soccer player in high school growing up. Recently, both my grandsons began playing football, and my son-in-law saw their teams were short, so volunteered to coach. So he signed up and became certified, investing both in his boys and the other boys in his community. We talked a few weeks ago, and he said, I never played football. As a former Army staff sergeant who was a cavalry scout, I know a little bit about leadership and encouraging and motivating men and boys. So he and my daughter are doing their part to invest in their community as he is now a football coach. Also, a man at this stage of his life has the power to bless others. Dr. Jordan Peterson was exactly right when he said, what's the most important thing we can do for our young men? His response was somewhat surprising to the journalist. And Peterson was moved to tears when he responded, people need a word of encouragement. Here's something for you to think about for just a minute. The tongue has no bones, but is strong enough to break a heart, crush your spirit, or lift someone out of despair and hopelessness. So watch your mouth. Proverbs 14.8 says, Wise words are like deep waters. Wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. And in Proverbs 18.20, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right word brings satisfaction. And then the final phase of the king is that he leaves a legacy. That's so important that we leave a legacy of grace, honor, strength, and love to our kids. The final stage is the sage phase. This is, a, this is the final stage of masculine development. Not all of us will reach it, but it's a time when a man has lived his life, has demonstrated resilience as he's grown through his own woundedness, his challenges, his faith, as well as his successes. He's developed a long-term perspective about life, love, hardship, and accomplishments. 
the silver-haired sage or the no-haired sage is ready to step aside to let younger men carry the load, but he's sought after for his wisdom and counsel. Age is not something to be despised, men, and younger generations have much to learn from their elders. In my coaching practice, over half my clients are young men looking for that direction and that affirmation. The sage is a steady character throughout history, scripture, and literature. In the Old Testament, Solomon and other Old Testament patriarchs were seen as sages. Paul was seen as a very wise man. The apostles and early church fathers were seen as wise men. So as a wrap up, let me ask you just a quick question. Where are you on this developmental scale? As you look at your life, where would you say you are? Where have you been? Where are you now? And where do you need to go? You see, God's looking for men on a mission. I want to challenge you to get on mission and be the man God designed you to be. Lean into it, guys. If you need some help, get in touch with me. Offer a free telephonic consultation. You can contact me either by my email, john at johntherman.info, or call me at 505-343-2011. That number, once again, is 505-343-2011. Next week, we'll talk about dealing with the woundedness in life. You can find the notes in my show notes or go to my website, johntherman.net, to read the blog. Thank you for listening. My name is John Thurman. You can learn more about me at johntherman.info or johntherman.net. Looking forward to being with you next week. And remember, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will make a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. Take care. Goodbye and God bless.